I'm not starting the episode with that. There's no way. We can't do it. Can't do it. Look, we go crazy. I can't start the episode with that. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out specifically and just make people wonder what happened right before I said I can't start the episode with that. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of episodes, this is No One Likes the Tuna podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Wong. Daryl, we'll join together in holy matrimony to discover the essence, to peruse the unperusable, to, di- you know, to dig deep into the Fast and Furious franchise in a way that nobody else has ever bothered to or should bother to. And that is by watching all of these movies over and over again every week. Mm-hmm. And this week we watched Furious 6 again. Yeah. I can see, I can tell by your reaction that you're <laughs> enthused to have watched it. <laughs> watched it. <laughs> you know? You had a great week this week. Everything's hunky-dory and we can just end the episode. <laughs> but it's never that easy, is it? Mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. No. Never is. Um, before we get to business, I have some business. The release date of Furious 9, Fast 9, Fast and Furious 9, has officially pushed in New Zealand to June. So, we're going to watch it at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the movie theater. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping to catch a vaccination maybe next week. And yeah. Then we'll see. Come yeah. June, I might be ready to rock. Dude, you're going to be ready to rock. You're going to be all juiced up. You're going to be amped up. <laughs> going to that movie theater. Getting droplets all over your uh, fucking popcorn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And it's just going to, boom, bounce right off that immune system. That's right. That'd be nice. That's right. At I'm 70 to 90. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I have a feeling... I've sort of been wondering how much the box office would come back this year. Just Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, everybody's still pretty skittish. Like, how slow is the box office recovery gonna be? King Kong vs. Godzilla made a significant chunk of money last weekend. Did I was it? sort of surprised, you know? So they, they did like a dual release, right? Like if you wanted to watch at home, you could watch at home. Yeah. If you want to watch the theater, you watch the theater. Yeah. And even with that, they made like 16 mil over two days, which is not fucking bad for a weekend, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know this was a big budget movie. I know it cost a lot to produce. I know that like the delays and release cost a lot. So who knows where the finals totals will end up. Um, But I think it's playing well internationally. And it's also the feature of this week's Nick movie reviews, because I saw it in the theater (laughs) yesterday. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in comparison, so I was trying to like read up about it. Like I, I haven't seen a Godzilla movie in at least a decade. Mm -hmm. And how much have I missed out on? Have there been, like, new Godzilla productions? Mm-hmm. There the have decade? been some. So mm-hmm. I'd say this is a part of 
four movies. I would say this is the really the fourth movie in a series. <laughs> Which is crazy that this series has been going on sort of behind our backs without uh-huh. us even knowing. But it weirdly is like become a series at this movie. So there's the 2005 Peter Jackson King Kong, which doesn't have really anything to do with this movie. Mm. I would say that's not part of this series. Then there's the 2014 uh, Godzilla movie, which I say is the start. That's the first one, which I did see has um, Aaron Tyler Johnson in it, and it's it was beautiful, but in my mind, like, kind of empty. Hmm. Then there was Kong Skull Island, which I think came out in 2016. Could be wrong. Mm-hmm. It's a wild, wacky movie. I was kind of a big fan. <laughs> okay. I'm, on the King Kong, I'll spoil it right now, on the King Kong versus Godzilla, who are you taking sides with? King Kong all the way. Interesting. All the way. Wait, so was Jack Black in one of these King Kong movies? He was in the 2005 Peter Jackson movie that I'm not sort of counting as part of this. That's the Adrian Brody, Naomi Watts set in the 1920s kind of deal. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's the one. That's the last one I saw, so I'm very very, um, off speed with. Yeah, and we can't forget the 2003 Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie where uh-huh. <laughs> Godzilla. I think like I watched that one too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I watched one. those two as far. <laughs> so you're out on all the rest of like the new age Godzilla Kong shit. All right. Yeah, I'm 20 years behind. Okay. All right. So I there's see. movies you got to watch. Watch Kong Skull Island. Watch Godzilla. Then there's Godzilla King of the Monsters, which came out in 2017, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe 2018. I missed that one. Have not seen it. It got kind of bad reviews. I just it was like Godzilla battling all the other giant Godzilla universe monsters. It was gone from my purview. Okay. Okay. Now, two thousand twenty-one, Godzilla versus Kong. I went yesterday to the movie theater. I don't want to spoil this for people because they should go to the movie theater or they should rent this mm-hmm. at home and watch it. I did have a great time. <laughs> Excellent. That's <laughs> the thing. I had a great time. The movie has some serious fucking issues. One of which, I'm sorry, the biggest of which is that it has like way too much human people parts to it. Like, there's three disparate storylines concerning humans that I don't give a shit about at all in the entirety, like even a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And they take up probably too much of the movie. You got Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. You got uh-huh. uh, Coach Taylor is in the movie for a second. Rebecca Hall, who's an actress I have admired for a long time, is in the movie. Alice Skarsgård, a lot of people in this movie. Mm-hmm. Too many people. Anytime the movie focuses on what these people are doing, it's like a total fucking snooze fest. You can 100% just skip those parts. But Good. the parts where it's like King Kong <laughs> fucking up like Godzilla in the face, uh-huh. I'm into that. Nice. You know? Uh, and I saw it on a big screen. I don't know if I would have much fun if I saw it at home. 
Mm-hmm. Depends on my home theater setup, probably. Um, but I did have an amazing time watching this on a giant VMAX screen. Godzilla's shooting the lasers out of his mouth. There's a point... <laughs> you know, I again, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a point at which a tertiary villain comes into play that I thought was awesome. It was like a great twist. It was silly. It was like... It, the movie presented it as a way of like we've we've all been waiting for this moment mm-hmm. in the series, and here it is. And I was like, yeah, I mean, we were, <laughs> but it's great, <laughs> you know. Okay. Um, and then the last thing I'll say, sort of not to its credit, but it's, it does fall prey to this problem with Godzilla and King Kong movies, which is that the humans have so little impact on the things that actually happen in the movie, like. Godzilla and King Kong are just so big and so destructive that humans can't really do shit. Mm-hmm. So the the resolution of the movie, when it comes, there's always this part in these movies where the humans, instead of being like, yeah, great job, like we saved the day, like what we did really did the job, it always ends up being more like, that was crazy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, oh boy, <laughs> that was crazy. All right, guess that was the end of the movie. <laughs> so, does this yeah. movie take place? Like, it usually takes place in New York. Does this movie also take place in New York? Uh, no, mostly in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. There's parts where they go to King Kong's original homeland, like where the place where King Kong was born, which is also a whack ass sci fi thing <laughs> that I don't want to spoil. Okay. Um, and it takes place a bunch there too, which is an imaginative different thing that I think was really great, even though it's a bit silly Mm -hmm. and certainly borrowed from other properties that they can't mention. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of Hong Kong buildings that get fucked up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I had a good time and King Kong rules... And I love King Kong, and I like that somebody in the 1920s was like, you know how gorillas are fucking wild? <laughs> Let's make <laughs> like, a gigantic one. What if one was super Huge. big? <laughs> they were like, how big are we talking? Uh-huh. Big, dude. <laughs> really, really big. <laughs> anyway, that's sort of, it's not really a review, but I did mm-hmm. have a good time. Yeah, I'm down. I mean, I think the yeah the mega release or the current sort of iteration of what a mega release is supposed to look like. If there is yeah. some success in something like this, mm-hmm. it bodes well for us in um, other action franchises. Yeah, I think so. I'd love King Kong and Godzilla to get in the Fast and Furious world. Dumb <laughs> to Toretto versus Kong. <laughs> King Kong DSS agent. <laughs> This movie is a bit like Godzilla and King Kong working together mm-hmm. with Toretto and Hobbs <laughs> making it happen together. <laughs> you know? You think Brian O'Connor maybe has the laser eyes? Godzilla oh, has a laser out of his eyes and then fire out of his mouth, right? And then strength. It's hard for me to say, not knowing the lore, mm-hmm. but in this movie, 
recent movie, it was just like laser energy out of its mouth for the mm. most part. And Got it's it. obviously like big and could smash. You know? And like, yeah, has spikes. And those spikes come into play sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um... All right, let's talk Furious 6. Let's get down to business. Mm-hmm. It's time. It's time to really dig into Furious 6. And all the things we haven't talked about before. So many things that we so haven't many. talked about Furious 6 before this episode. Why haven't they given Wiz Khalifa a cameo appearance? I don't know. It's a great question. He'd be great on screen. He'd be really He'd make good. a cool either friend or foe. He'd be a cool bad guy. Yeah. Be a cool good guy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think they should. And particularly, I was thinking, like, Rita Ora is good in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. she has two lines. But, like, her cameo is really good, you know? Wiz Khalifa can, yeah, start a drag race. Yeah, and like they're both performers. I think the performers sort of sort of end up doing a better job than the like the high profile sort MMA of MMA people. Yeah, for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, Ron Rousey sucks in this series, and Gina Carano. Or not Gina. What is fucking name? <laughs> no, Gina Carano was the one is in it? this movie. I always yeah. mixed up. Ronda Rousey's in seven. Yeah, Gina Carano. I always mix up her and Carla Gerino. There's mm-hmm. another <laughs> lady. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> but Wiz Khalifa would be great. He could make another song. He could drive a little bit. He's yeah. been practicing boxing for the past few years. So he could do hand a little bit of fight scene as well. Hand to hand. Right. You know? And he's if really he tall. Was... He'd be a great screen presence. Do you think he would be a villain or on the team? Hmm, tough to say. I mean, I think he could be a cool villain. Yeah. Yeah, because if you're on the team, the team is too big. Team's too big. The team's too big. We always talk about Leon coming back. We always, you know, Han is obviously coming back. Hobbs is part of the team now. You Mm -hmm. know, Elena was there for a while. It's like... I don't need it's it, you can see the film's struggle with the how all these people pieces like click into place like they mm-hmm. need something to do they need like a role unless they're like a woman in which the movie doesn't give a shit about giving them anything to do just pass the baby around yeah you take the baby you take the baby you take the baby somebody has this laptop baby. and talk on the phone <laughs> 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 but if um that's not the case uh, they they definitely like struggle with how to like you know Tyrese has to become the comic relief the Joker the improviser Tej has to become the hacker man uh, you know Dom has to become like the the muscle Brian has to inextricably become like the the rock the cool you know like the not the rock the wrestler but like the sort of the brains and the cool calm uniter. Of the family, right? He's mm-hmm. like the person who guides this team through. So the movie struggles with like adding more characters into that mix, right? Um, yeah. 
so if 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 Wiz Khalifa came into the team, I think they would struggle even more with like where to put him. But if he's like a wily, crazy, Joker esque bad guy, right? Who's like yeah, out for cool. anarchy? Yeah, teams <laughs> up with uh, Cipher. <laughs> Who knows? Yep, that would be cool. I'd be into that. You know, right? and I, I'm I'm curious how they fit. John Cena is John Cena confirmed playing he's playing a bad guy, right? He's like Dom's mm. brother and he's out for revenge. I sort. think so. I yeah. honestly I read very little about it. The mm-hmm. like the source of truth is whatever we say on the podcast as okay. far as I'm concerned. So I think that's a smart move. I'll be curious with our like performer thing, like how John Cena will do in these movies. I <sighs> You know, I've struggled. I don't struggle with John Cena. Like, I, I don't think about John Cena from a very much. But I do think he potentially could fall into this issue where, you know, you get somebody unexpected who lands a comedic role and does a really good job with that and sort of mm-hmm. has the right timing and it's partially comedic because they're being unexpected. And so when John mm-hmm. Cena was in Trainwreck, that Amy um, Schumer? No. Schumer? Yeah, Amy Schumer movie. Um, uh, it was, like, delightful. Mm-hmm. Has that necessarily translated into, like, an good action-driven performances or good dramatic-driven performances. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Um, And I think this will be a good test. Because I think the action-driven performances, like, it's a natural fit, right? You get a big wrestling star who has a big persona and a big persona in the ring, which is a performative at thing. Mm -hmm. So you're... You're, you can do the physic. You have the physicality, and you have a performance background, and then they drop you in an action movie. And the thing I think they don't think about sometimes is there's a lot more acting required than you think there's going to be, right? Mm-hmm. Even the stuff like the car stuff. We talk about this: sitting in a car, driving on a fucking fake sim travel rig. With green screens all around you is a mm-hmm. monumental task of acting, you know. And um, yeah, so it's it'll be interesting to see how John Cena falls in that. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, like the action movie versus the comedic performance, I think is one of the things that stood out to me in this watch because when I look at the rock scenes and. Uh, yeah, even this one where he's interacting with the um the like the CCTV guys, right? You know, like he plays a big sort of dominating uh character, but mm-hmm. the yeah, the background music and the, all of those scenes where he's intimidating people are all um sort of fused together as comedy scenes. Right. And right. And I think that's what they sort of figured out in this one. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, let's use the rock for comedy, right? And mm-hmm. I think it works in this one because it's sort of we we haven't tired of the rock's 
persona yet. We haven't got the rock fatigue thing set in yet in this mm-hmm. one. Um, and in five, he's he's sort of funny, but he's definitely playing it more straight on, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, like that's a fine role for the rock to fit into, and a role that he fits fun- well. It's hard. I mean, I you know I'm trying to think of like other. I guess Batista mm-hmm. is maybe the only one I think that like has done the transition from wrestling in recent times and has really done some pretty amazing work. Mm-hmm. Right? Like not just Guardians, but um he's done the comedy stuff. He did that like um Uber movie. Stuber? <laughs> I watched that one. The Goober? Stu- Is that what it's called? Stuber. Stuber, yes. Yeah. Stuber. I like that movie. I like that movie. Yeah, Kumail is wonderful. Kumail is great in that movie, man. <laughs> and I like Like, Batista can't see for half the movie, and I think it's really good. <laughs> Yeah, Stuber is like kind of charming. I like um, that one. But he's funny in that movie, right? Like, and he's good in Guardians, and he has like Guardians is a good. Even though I think Guardians Two is not a very good movie, mm-hmm. which I know is a hot take, but um, he's very good in it. My Spy also very similar. Very similar. Um, but I just rewatched Blade Runner twenty forty nine. And he has a scene in the beginning, Batista, hmm. in which is like he is incredible. In I'm like I was like blown away, and he's playing it super straight, and like he's this sort of weird, big, hulking machine, and um, he does like an amazing job, you know, and he does an amazing job at it, hmm. basically. You know? Yeah, and maybe I'm being overly critical about it, but I think, like, yeah, I think the, yeah, I mean, I guess the comedy is part of this franchise. Mm-hmm. And then without the comedy, if you just go for action and serious, you end mm-hmm. up with Mission Impossible. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely true. Which, right? I'm not knocking because I like those movies. Right. <laughs> I like those, but it's it's different. And I think there's, yeah. we've got a lot. We've got a lot more characters. We've got a lot of different appeal going with Fast and Furious. Yeah. My problem is you already had the comedy. And his name was Tyrese. Mm-hmm. And you had this pairing of like either Tyrese and Brian, where Brian was a straight man, or Tyrese mm-hmm. and Dom Toretto, where Dom Toretto was like this super <laughs> straight man, right? Mm-hmm. And could Tyrese could knock his jokes off. Either of them. And then when you needed somebody to give Tyrese shit, you had Tej, who could sort of, like, give it back to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then The Rock comes in and is like, oh, I'm going to do my rock comedy shit. Everybody's you know. trying to be a funny guy now. Yeah. Except Jason Statham Vin comes Diesel. through. 
except Vin Diesel. He's the except only one trying to keep a straight face, and he's having a real hard time. He's a hard, and I think that's got to be like infuriating for Vin. Yeah, right? Where he's, he's trying like, to take it seriously. Everybody wants to be a jokester. I'm the only one taking <laughs> this fucking shit seriously. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Even in his there. comedic lines in this, he like doesn't play as comedy at all. Mm-hmm. Or he's like, bloody, I can do bloody. You want bloody? I can do bloody. <laughs> but it's like a funny joke, right? Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, you just, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you got some serious balls. That's what, what is it? That's, I've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, bah, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Here's a question for you, Daryl. Mm-hmm. That was confounding me. I focused in on it on the right, sort of in the first 20 minutes of the movie, and I couldn't get it out of my head. And and maybe I missed this, but like. When Shaw creates the diversion so that they could take down Interpol headquarters in London, what do they want at Interpol? What do they want at Interpol? Are they stealing the device then? Hmm. They're trying to get... So they need codes. Yeah, they need code. They they're making it. They're making a nightshade device. Right, they're making a nightshade device. They have part of it that they put in the tank later on. So they have it that they steal with mm-hmm. the tank later mm-hmm. on. What are they doing at Interpol? I mean, my thought would be they're stealing the codes or stealing the device or something. It's just like not kind of clear, right? They mm-hmm. need one. Two second thing that's like, you got the codes, I got the codes, let's go. You know, like hmm. they need something because the first thing we see of Interpol is like Brian drives up and they get shot at by the sniper, and then it becomes an action sequence. And in that action sequence, it gets like everything just like moves so fast that you're like, wait, what are they getting here? I don't quite mm-hmm. know why they're on this like diversion mission. Hmm. Well, let's think. In the opening scene of the movie, what do they steal? Because they blow something up on that bridge, and isn't there an Interpol vehicle that's thrown into the... Into the building. Into the building. Yeah. But I guess we don't actually know what they're taking. They blew something up, and they took something. They really don't like Interpol. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? They, there's like the Interpol scene in the beginning, and then there's like an Interpol headquarters somewhere else where Hobbs interrogates the bald like. guy, I think. And then there's another Interpol headquarters in London that they steal from. Interpol's all over this month. <laughs> you know? They gotta be housing mm. some serious shit. Um... Yeah, I guess that was part of the movie that didn't quite click for me. Hmm. Yeah. This time around. I didn't think about that one. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, And then the second thing I was confused about, and 
this is a real pick-apart kind of thing. The Scooby-Doo joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's set the scene. Mm-hmm. Tyrese and uh, Ludacris are talking. Tyrese is worried. Tej uh, makes fun of him by saying, like, man, you went from zero to Scooby-Doo. What do we do? Right? He, like, makes a Scooby-Doo joke. Then the camera cuts to a shot of Giselle laughing at the Scooby-Doo joke. And I went around for about a good half an hour. I could not find any evidence that Scooby-Doo aired in Israel in the 80s slash 90s at Mm. all. So, (laughs) is she contextually aware of what Scooby-Doo is? (laughs) (laughs) And how that joke is funny? Or is she she just laughing at the funny voice that Tej is doing? Yeah. I think it's the latter. I Mm. don't think she... I don't think she knows who Scooby-Doo is and whether or not that'd be funny. No, there's no way. Because even if the character is supposed to be from Mexico, maybe... Do we know where Giselle is? I mean, is Giselle is real? No, she is. Straight up Mossad. She's from Mm -hmm. Israel. Yeah, so she doesn't know. She didn't grow up with Scooby Doo. She doesn't know. I mean, she may know what Scooby Doo is, mm-hmm. and maybe did. I don't know if those movies did the live action Scooby Doo movies get get an Israeli release. Was there more than one? There's two, man. I feel like I barely, I barely <laughs> knew Scooby Doo. Like I think. As a thing or those live action movies? I actually, I I have a picture in my head of the live action movies. I for sure did not watch them. I think even Scooby-Doo, the cartoon program, Mm -hmm. is a little bit, it's slightly too old for me. Because, didn't it come out in the 80s? It came out in the 60s and 70s originally, I think. Oh, I didn't know it was that old. I think it is that old. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. So, um, yeah, Hanna-Barbera, um, which made made all those cartoons, you know, the ones with, like, static backgrounds, and then they have sort of cheaply animated characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, Cartoon Network would air them in the daytime. Mm-hmm. That's where I was, like, Scooby-Doo. And then Cartoon Network had... A re like Shaggy Do Adventures or something, Scrappy Do Adventures or something like that. Mm-hmm. Where it was like the little dog who was annoying. <laughs> no, you're not aware of any of this, huh? I'm not aware of this. I think, oh, yeah. in, like, when I was watching cartoons, it was. I don't think we had cable. I think I just watched like ABC, well, like Disney cartoons for a while. Mm-hmm. And then. I had like a couple years where I was watching Nickelodeon stuff, and then I went straight to MTV. Wow, straight to MTV. I watched MTV, but only through my sister, mm-hmm. who would come home from school, take over the television and watch TRL. You know, it's yeah. like Carson Daly is on the television, and we got to tune in. <laughs> 
to watch the same 10 music videos every day. For every reason. day. The same day. 10 music videos. It's crazy. Yeah. What that a show was a phenom. Yeah. My sister definitely went to Times Square to the TRL thing. You know, they show the, like, the crowd outside, like fucking outside? Good Morning America. Yeah. And they show the crowd outside with signs. And like she did that. She like went wow. to New York to the TRL thing. Um, but I did, uh, back to Scooby Doo. Sorry for yes. a second. <laughs> it's really important. I went. I definitely had grew up watching Scooby Doo reruns on Cartoon Network, and then the movie came out. The first movie came out, and this is crazy. I remember having watched a movie called She's All That. Mm-hmm. Which is a great teen comedy from the late nineties, I think. Mm-hmm. And she's all that had Freddie Prince Jr. in it. Mm-hmm. And Scooby Doo was gonna come out and it also starred Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> and I literally remember this is like the first moment I remember being like, oh, I like that dude. Let me go see this new <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. feature. <laughs> It's like the first time an actor was like a draw for me uh-huh. <laughs> to the box. I was like, yeah, I'll go see Scooby-Doo. Right, it's cool, yeah, I know. This is a property I enjoy. And if Movie Star, I really like combined into one thing. This is like made for me, man. Let's make it a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Had Matt Lillard in it, Sarah Michelle Gellar, mm-hmm. Linda Cardellini, you know, pretty good. 90s were a long time ago. And I remember watching promo videos leading up to Scooby-Doo with, like, Matt Lillard being interviewed. And he was like, yeah, the voice took a little while to get there with Shaggy. But sort of once I could sort of just settle into it by the end of it. I was, like, invested in this Scooby-Doo movie. And the first one, gotta say, kind of good. Pretty good. I think Giselle thought so, too. I think maybe that's where Giselle got introduced. <laughs> she only knows the Freddie Prince Jr. vehicle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Freddie. Love that guy. Mm-hmm. Of course I caught that. Yeah, maybe he was like her first crush. Possible. He was hot back then. I'm sure he's hot now. That's not to say about <laughs> Freddie. I'm sure he's a super swell guy. Who's still very hot. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Uh, what else you got about Furious 6? Mm, I was wondering if the... Like most of our like big drag races aren't actually filmed on site. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to figure out where in our London race scene was filmed. Mm. I looked it up. Yeah. Glasgow, Poland. Glasgow, Poland. Not Mm -hmm. Glasgow, Scotland. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Hold on, let me look again. Yeah. I definitely saw Glasgow. I thought it said Poland. Yeah. Um, I've been to Glasgow Mm -hmm. once for a day. Not a city I'm anxious to return to, to be honest with you. Um, they definitely filmed in like, what is that thing called? Like Piccadilly Circus. Mm-hmm. 
Right. I think that, that like little... place with the columns. It's before mm-hmm. Rita Ora, but it's like where the party is happening. I think it's called Piccadilly Circus, where it's like that rotunda or something. Maybe mm-hmm. it's maybe it's not Piccadilly Circus. Um, but I mean, which is just like a ludicrous name for a place. But fine. <laughs> um, that place with the columns. I actually think that might be a set. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I think happens is I think that col- the place with the sort of rotunda is a set made to look like a real place in London. Because, like, filming there was just going to be too difficult, time-consuming, expensive. Then they drive out of the party onto the street where Rita Ora gives them the, like, go-ahead, and that's a location maybe in Glasgow, Scotland. Hmm. It's going to be Glasgow, Scotland. Yeah. Then. That makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. Because I was trying to figure out, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, this looks sort of like London, but I wonder how they were able to do this. And I think when I was reading about it, one of the conflicts they were having was that mm-hmm. the Olympics were going to be were in London that year yes. that they were filming. Yes. They were like, most of that stuff you can't film there. But Glasgow, Scotland makes more sense. It does. It's close by. It's like everybody can just get there. Um, yeah, I'm trying to sort of look it up to Scotland, Glasgow mm-hmm. City, Scotland. There yeah. it is. Um, yeah, so that definitely probably happened there. Um, and the war scene probably happened there where there he talks to Letty and then he talks to Shaw for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. I would guess. Yeah, but I think the party scene is a set. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like a pretty easy thing to do as a set. Yeah, right. Fountain, you get four, you get, what, three walls and some nice lighting. Yeah, you build like, mm, I mean, I don't know how much they would build, like maybe three quarters of that thing. Mm-hmm. And it's repeatable, so you can build it kind of fast. And then the the real key for me is that, like, outside of the arches is, like, total blackout. Mm-hmm. So it's that's, like, super easy to do. You just put up some fucking blackouts and turn off all the lights and then put on all the lights inside. Uh, and the camera will just, you know, the nature of the camera is that it just will expose all the things in the foreground. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and then, the, like, the racing shit... It's partly CGI to me, and then partly it's done in pieces where, you know... They close off the... Yeah. Filming that shit just must be a fucking nightmare, you know? Right. Like They could probably only close off, like, two or three blocks at a time. Maximum. Right? And But the thing is, you don't even close... You can't even close them off all day. It's not like mm-hmm. you get, like... I mean, I don't know. They have budgets, so like, I don't. I know I've never filmed like huge car racing stuff. I've definitely filmed like pe- car pieces, like driving scenes, but regular. Mm-hmm. And even for one scene that we had to do for I know this much is true, which is a big stunt where a car crashes into a tree. Like it was that we filmed it at night, so there's low traffic, which this does also. But you have, like, patrol car, you have cops on either side of this long stretch of road. And the road is open. So cars can still run through. 
And then 30 seconds at a time, right when you want to film, you get the cops to block the road and say, like, just hold everybody up for 30 seconds. And then you do the driving piece. You cut, you yell cut, and then the cops have to open the road again and let everybody through, right? Mm -hmm. It's so time-consuming and annoying. And I imagine, like, if you have to film... Because the way these things are filmed is, like, you're not like, oh, you dive down the street and you weave here and then you go here and you turn this corner and you go down that. It's like, all right, let's do this first setup. The camera's going to be here. This car drives forward and swerves around this one car. And that's it. And then we go, caught. <laughs> that's, that's it. It maybe goes like 50 feet, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you're filming a fucking two-mile, you know, car chase 50 feet at a time with like four setups per piece. It's like, it's got to oh be just a fucking nightmare. To right. Do, you know? Right. So, I, you know, I would not want to be involved in that basically at all. Right. Yeah. And your, and your driver has to be the best, right? Just like, you get one shot. Like, I don't have time to keep running it back and forth. Just hit it, make it right the first time. Drivers. I mean, that's Drivers, the thing. Yeah. Like, you've got your hero cars and you've got your stunt drivers in those, but all the other cars on the road are also have a choreographed ballet that they're doing that all have stunt drivers in them that mm -hmm. all have to operate and know exactly where the mark is and how fast they need to get to the mark. And it's all like background shit too. I mean, like, fuck. You know, it's like, I do not envy the AD who has to deal with all that background shit. I do not envy, like, the stunt coordinators who have to deal with all that driving shit. I don't envy the picture car coordinators who have to, like, source all these fucking cars and make sure they run and make sure they look like they want them to look and get all the approvals and get all the, uh... Mm -hmm. Like, you... Our dumbass friend, Craig Lieberman... <laughs> <laughs> talks a lot of game about like how cool working on the picture car shit is. Yeah, it's cool when you get to like buy a car and customize it and like make something like really amazing like the Jensen Interceptor or like that. I think the red, I think it's is it a highly customized Charger? The red mm -hmm. one that Dom yeah, so you get to customize something like that and that's that's awesome. Mhm. Mm but, like, the other side of the picture car job is, like, sourcing 100 fucking vehicles to show up on Thursday at 5 a.m. in trailers. <laughs> you know, it's, like, trailer six has to arrive at 514. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just... Don't be late, but for sure don't be early. <laughs> exactly, dude. It's it, That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And it's just, like, it's a spreadsheet fucking hellhole. To do mm -hmm. this kind of thing, you know, <laughs> like there's a lot of unsexy things that go into this that I think people don't really think about. Mm -hmm. you know? So, anyway, do you want to do some shout outs? Yes, I do. Mm -mm. Uh oh, <laughs> you got an anti shout out locked and loaded. Oh, I got a nice, very serious <laughs> anti-shout-out. Yes. Okay. I'm ready for it. Well, should I get my dumb anti-shout-out out of the way? Sure, sure, sure. Okay. I'm doing the yogurt. You know this. I know this. Obviously, because it's 2021 and, like, the world is a hellhole, 
we can't, I can't just like call the yogurt people call and like have them have my payment on file and like book into a class and charge them, charge them. Mm -hmm. Obviously I have to download the mind body app (laughs) and the mind body app has like all the yoga places that use this app service in the city loaded into their thing. You can like choose. At first, I thought it was kind of cool. Oh, I could go to yoga here, go to yoga here. But it like track. You have to buy like packages. You buy like a 10 pack at. You can't just buy a 10 pack through the mind body and use it wherever. You have to buy a 10 pack at movement yoga and then just use that at movement yoga. And it like does keep track of it for you, but not very well. You have to like dig into the settings to find out how many classes you have left on your 10 pack number one at this specific place Mm. and number two it like um it like it doesn't one it doesn't accept apple pay which is a small gripe but it's like i got uh, one of those apple credit cards now and it's like so good it's so easy just like double click Here's my payment. I don't want to give it to you. I want to give it to Apple. I want them to take care of it. You know nice. what I'm saying? And um, it doesn't accept Apple Pay, so I have to like type in a credit card information to this app, and then it just like doesn't. It didn't keep it last time, so I have to like do it again. I was about to book a yoga class, and I was just like, "Fuck, I forget it." <laughs> You know, this app is just a fucking nightmare. And then, like, I put this thing in seemingly my favorites. But then, like, the favorites is kind of hard to get to anyway. So it's like, I might as well just search the fucking thing and booking to... And then I have to, like... I can't save a specific class to my favorites. Like, this place does Pilates too, And all the Pilates is mixed in to the schedule. And there have the Pilates classes have named like dynamic reformer, and I'm like, is that yoga or is it fucking Pilates? I don't know. So I can't just like find a yoga class and save that class or that teacher who I actually. Mm-hmm. It's just dumb. It's just mm-hmm. dumb. It's like don't make me do this dumb thing. It's not better, you know. Like if you're gonna make me do a thing, make it fucking good please mm-hmm. like please drives me absolutely out of my mind i want to make a big anti shout out to the mind body app and the mind body app developers because you know who you fucking are and you made this fucking thing and i know you just got a job and you're trying to do it and you got pressures and you got people saying it's got to be a certain way and then you got designs and bullshit to deal i don't care you fucked up on this one, and I don't like it. That's it. It's rough. It's rough out there yeah. being an app developer. Yeah, I'm sure. I have no sympathy specifically for these ones. That's right. all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. You know? Mind body app. You guys need to get your shit together. All Please, right. You're affecting people's God. lives at yeah. this point. Yeah. That yeah. kind of tension, you can't just stretch out. Okay. Lasting no, effects. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Probably just struggle through it the rest of my life and be annoyed <laughs> every time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got something else. Let's talk about it. I got something else here, which is very important. So, 
Well, that's an anti-shout-out, but a little bit back history here. So, um, I mean, Lululemon definitely started the sexy yoga pants um, phenomenon. At as least far as capitalized it, capitalized on it in a way that others had not before, yes. Mm-hmm. And I think one of their leading technologies, which helped um, women feel both athletic and sexy, is the mesh see-through panels yes. on those yoga pants, I've right? I've seen those. Sometimes they're on the side. Some There's usually on the side or on the lower leg mm-hmm. some sort of different material to sure. just like make everybody's legs look good. All right? So that's great. I think that's overall a positive thing. I think yoga pants are here to stay. Yeah, wear whatever you want. That's actually, want. I just want to put that out there as the message yeah. of this pod. Wear that, uh, wear something else, wear whatever you want. Yeah, unless, so one of the things I want to warn you against here is, and this is for the gentlemen who listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. mesh athletic wear lowers are coming to menswear, and oh. I would say you got to watch out. <laughs> I've had more than one instance now where we're riding bicycles in, in, the, in Prospect Park, Mm-hmm. And there's some sort of new menswear phenomenon where they're putting, um, like a mesh, like right, like a mesh waistband on the men's pant that clearly shows two inches of butt crack. Wow! I thought it was this just like a one. Real. I swear to God, I thought it was just one day that I saw it. I saw one guy. I was like, "You got to be kidding me with this!" The next weekend, I went back. A gentleman was wearing. Like a yeah, like a pair of shorts, and instead of like a a waistband that was in mesh, it was like a like a three by three square right over the butt crack area, which is just like butt crack. The rest of it is just normal, like black. Have you seen this on multiple occasions. <laughs> multiple occasions, I've seen it. They're like trying to, I don't know. They're probably marketing it to dudes as like ven- ventilated, like. Sports. I mean, it gets sweaty in there. <laughs> it definitely does, but it's unacceptable. Okay, yeah. it's unacceptable. You can't wear those around in public. So, just you got to keep listen, that butt crack. I don't want to see anybody's butt crack. <laughs> Men, women, children. Uh, you know, all, all the elderly. And like, yeah. let's all keep our butt cracks to ourselves. That's right. Yeah, and I'm sure it gets a little bit hot in there. It has to when you're uh, when you're doing some athletics, but. Wear boxers. <laughs> Wear boxer shorts. Get some ventilation from the bottom, okay? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be ventilating out of the top because Mm-mm. it's highly inappropriate to be it's wearing those. It's like a those. fart window. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. If you're out there and you have any say over um, the making of athletic bottoms, I want you guys to know that this is totally unacceptable as a... At you know leisure or an athletic do, wear. Right? <laughs> to get some. <laughs> <And> review them. <laughs> I mean, I don't even want to. I don't even want to Google search for it. Here's Ventilated. the thing. Yeah, because then you'll get the like Instagram ads <laughs> and just be swiping butt cracks all day on Instagram. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, Daryl. Yeah. This is a great opportunity to introduce the next Toretto family value. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've had a couple values before. One is barber loyalty. The next mm-hmm. one is beyond time for the Uber. 
<laughs> this, yes. is the th- this is the third Toretto family value. <laughs> okay? Uh-huh. It's, you gotta be open to having your world rocked. <laughs> All right? That's uh-huh. an ethos for living your life. Be open to having your world rocked. And Daryl, I think you should take that value, that ethos to heart. Uh-huh. You should order yourself a pair of these <laughs> butt crack ventilated fart window Lululemons. <laughs> Try uh-huh. them out and yeah. be open to having your world rocked by them. <laughs> you know? I gotta take it to heart. It's the only it's the only path forward. It's the only way to know for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I get it. I unsightly butt cracks or even sightly butt cracks. <laughs> To me, is not appropriate for public consumption. Let's all keep them to ourselves, except when we are in a consensual butt crack type of situation. That's Definitely. all I'm saying. Yeah. All right, my man. Mm-hmm. Well, anti shout out to Lululemon. I don't buy their stuff because I wear their like ragged sweatpants to do my mm-hmm. <laughs> yoga. To be fair, I don't think this is a Lululemon product. I think it's somebody oh, else who's sort okay. of taken that. Um, okay styling and applied mm. it incorrectly yeah yeah i mean do those ventilated pieces even like are, are they functional i don't think so i don't think they they're just stylized they. yeah i don't know i don't know yeah i don't know i get it's cool but i'm not like a style maestro mm-hmm Mm-hmm. When I work out, I'm more of like a rocky kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Cut off sweats. Sweat sh- gray sweatshirt. Gray sweatshirt. Headband. If yeah, if it's the summertime, <laughs> go ahead and cut that sleeve. You, you take your normal winter hoodie, you can go uh, three-quarter length, mm-hmm. t-shirt length, or sleeveless. Mm-hmm. Anything's exactly. acceptable as you progress through the season. Exactly. Exactly. So... All right, well, if you want to progress through the seasons of our lives with us, you can find us at Nolt Podcast on Twitter, N-O-L-T-T Podcast. You can find us on um, Instagram. No one likes to tune a podcast on Instagram. Send us an email. No one likes to tune a podcast at gmail.com. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Please, that would be really cool of you. I'm also started, I've changed our methodology in terms of the Twitter. I send out links maybe once, maybe twice a week to the pod. I don't like overflowing people's timelines with our bullshit fucking Twitter links. But I have started doing this thing where like, I got what's called a link tree. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like a website that has all the different, like the, the Pocket Cast link and the Podkicker link and the Spotify link and the Stitcher link and the Apple link and all that sort of stuff in one place. So I'm linking the link tree, and then you can get it however you, you can get our podcast however you want. You know, you don't have to like find it on Apple and then go search for it on your player. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to send out a links to all the different types of players all at once, which I think is cool. Nice, nice you improvement. Know? Um, yeah, just trying to improve myself in this pod every day. Um. And patreon.com slash no one likes the tuna podcast. Uh, we did Chronicles of Riddick, which is up there. We will be reviewing the third Riddick movie, which I'm getting kind of antsy to do. Um, but 
We should. Well, that'll be interesting. I'm not giving a timeline for that yet. Mm-hmm. So that's it for me. I think that's a wrap. Another one in the books here. You have a great week, my friend. Thank you. You as well.